Bradley kicks against Huddersfield. What could possibly go wrong? Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and this week, it's like unpleasantly warm out, and I wanted something a little bit lighter, because I had a few whiskeys last night, and I've not been feeling great today, which may or may not be related. So I went with a, a little long sipper. I made a little bramble. It's uh, I muddled some blueberries and thyme that I picked up to make dinner tonight uh, with some tequila and St. Germain, and then topped it with lemon soda. Mm, it's nice. It's not like... Uh, the, the fruit's very subtle. The recipe called for jam as well to muddle in there. I thought that was a little bit too much, so I didn't include it. But it's nice. It's a nice little... Uh, a nice little summer drink, only two ounces of booze and a nice little 14 ounce, um, what is this called, goblet, I guess is the technical term for this beer glass. And we'll ease in to another season at the Owls AmeriCast. Joining me as we kick off the pub league, it's a man that knows his way around the inside of a pub in New Jersey. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, well, I'm also feeling a little bit rough today because I was at uh, the Green Day and Weezer concert last night and I am drinking water because I'm just uh, half asleep, half hungover, uh, ready for bed because I'm an old man and I can't do concerts anymore. Mm. Yeah, I crashed bad last night because I've been staying up till like three or four working, which is not ideal. No, not ideal at all. So we're all super pumped and energized for yes. today, right? Also on the line, a man who I'm sure has his own sleep schedule issues in Ohio. It's our Ohio L, Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking? Well, first, I just have to say how exciting it is to be back. Um, you say that, how Evan. Much, it's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and how much I missed hearing your concoctions. Mm. Um, mainly because, well, well let, me, let me explain to you what I have in my cup tonight. Mm. So it's uh, a very started, interesting color. Yeah, I started with um, some Buffalo Trace bourbon um and then for the mid i put a little more buffalo trace and then i topped it off with a nice splash of you guessed it buffalo trace sounds complicated mm. what are the notes again buffalo trace drunk <laughs> <laughs> well you will be in the right state of mind for our uh episode then we'll start with the huddersfield review i'm putting that in air quotes or if you're british inverted commas you can't see it we have even more transfer window action. And then we will preview the League One kickoff against Charlton. We will start with the Huddersfield review. Um, do, so it wasn't on TV, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if they posted uh, extended highlights. I did not watch the extended highlights. I'm treating it mentally as like just another friendly. So it was on very early in the morning and not on TV. But do we have any thoughts other than focus on the league? Or if you're Patty, focus on the Papa John's tourney. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, apparently it was an entertaining nil-nil. I also just listened uh, onto the commentary. We couldn't get to watch over here, so I've uh, watched the highlights and listened to the commentary. So you're getting uh, a kind of very abbreviated review for our first game of the season. Uh, some things I captured, I thought it was really good, obviously, to see fans again in the stadium, even though they didn't open the um, South stand-up. Um, there was Huddersfield fans there. There was uh, three sides of the grounds full, and it seemed pretty noisy. Um there, um, it was kind of back and forth, I think, for most of the first half. I think Huddersfield probably uh, shaded it. Um, two good chances uh, from 
Um, a couple of mistakes by Dennis Adoniran and Ayafa at the back led to um, their strikers going through and forcing decent saves from uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell in his first start. I think he uh, looked pretty solid, actually. Um, definitely an improvement on what we've had. Um, I think the only chance that we had in the first half of notes was Dennis Adoniran again, uh, who actually uh, was set up uh, from a fantastic ball from Lewis Wing. I don't know if you've seen us on Twitter yet. I think Lord Hills was sharing it quite a lot. Lewis Wing in his own box, facing our goal, uh, makes this cross-field ball to Jack Hunt, about, I would say, like half that length of the field uh, uh, without even looking. It was like a no-look, kind of messy kind of special almost. And uh, Hunt brings it forward like he does very well, uh, passes it to Green, Green squares it off to Adnir, and it was quite a tame shot at the uh, keeper. But that's kind of all the first half. And the other thing to note was Shadipa went off uh, injured, which was worrying. But apparently afterwards, Moore said it was just a cramp, he thinks. So hopefully he's, he's okay. He said, I think he even said, like, if it, I think he said about Bannon too, if it was <laughs> if it was the regular season, he probably would have kept him in. But so we're, we're not counting the Carabao Cup as the regular season, so I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the second half, I think it was mainly um, Huddersfield. Um, I think our best chance uh, came from Fizz right at the end, who did a few nice stepovers and then pelts it at the keeper. But by far, the, the, the kind of... Uh, Highlight reel uh, moments. The ESPN Sports Center kind of uh, thing was the uh, Barry Bannon tackle uh, on uh, the advancing Huddersfield strikers. It was a long ball. We've caught on the break. Uh, the guy is bearing down on our keeper from about, um, I would say, the halfway line. Bannon's got about five, six yards to make up. Uh, turns on the Jets and uh, makes a last-ditch tackle just as the guy was about to shoot. It was uh, it's reminiscent of that... Um, I think the first season we had Bannon, where he, he, that, he kind of closes the keeper down at one end of the pitch and runs the length of the pitch to, to something else. I can't remember what it was now, but anyway, he had those like, kind of like little legs running as fast as he could, uh, and it just shows that um, he's fully committed to the cause, even in the first round of the uh, League Cup. Jeff, you almost had a prediction. I did. So I saw some uh, angling in the WhatsApp group from Justin to give me half a point for this. I don't think you can give me a half a point for it because baked into Jordan Rhodes scoring a free header, which was my prediction, is that Jordan Rhodes often misses free headers. <laughs> <laughs> he misses two in a row. Yeah. Right at the end. Right at the death. But of course, I, I, I joked to Twitter that uh, why would you bring Jordan Rhodes on seven minutes for a penalty to start? Because who knows if he's going to take one or not? Yeah. Sadly, he did take one and, and he yeah, scored it. Very dead, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was good to see that things don't change, though. We're we're down one league. We get that, but everyone else stays the same. And I know there's something there's something peaceful and satisfying about that. Mistakes at the back can't finish in the final third. You gotta you gotta Uh, ease yourself into the new era, I suppose. You don't want it to be too much of a culture shock. Patty, I have a question. In England, how big or how popular? Are Papa John's? <laughs> um, well, I don't think there's much competition in England for takeaway pizza like you do here, especially in New York and New Jersey. Uh, there's the pizza I've when I lived in England, takeaway wise, was dreadful. You can get good pizza nowadays in like nice restaurants, but like the takeaway pizza was uniformly shit. Used to get it basically the kebab place used to do a pizza, and it was just rubbish. 
so Papa John's actually has not got as bad a reputation, I would say, as it has over here, where you can get good pizza. Um, so yeah, but it's just a, I hate. I mean, as far as like cheapening the competition, Papa John's doesn't really scream a great competition, does it? I mean, what's yeah, Carabao an energy confused. drink? Yeah, and they just drink yeah. some pizzas. That's I mean, that's <laughs> Brexit Britain. <laughs> Uh, we, they only showed two penalties in the uh, highlights, so we only see two penalties that actually happened. Liam Palmer's uh, miss, uh, which obviously he wasn't the only one to miss, uh, but the final miss was from Palmer, and I thought it was a decently hit penalty. It was well struck, but it was a very good save um, by the original keeper to his bottom left, and then uh, the final penalty, which was just rifled past uh, Bailey Peacock Barrel. So, like I say, who cares? Let's focus on Papa John's. <laughs> Do you know uh, any good English pizza review blogs? <laughs> uh, maybe it's the Barstool pizza for UK. I'm not sure. Uh, probably maybe just start one. Anyway, mm. just start one. Yeah, from from New York, that'd be perfect. I, actually, you know what? I do know a, a, a pizza review blog, but I've been watching this guy on YouTube recently. He's very is a Yorkshire guy. If you want to uh, get down part in your Yorkshire accent, it's called Rate My I Rate My Takeaway. I bet the listeners have heard that, of yeah. this guy. He's got like thousands of views. He's a big Usually dude. just eating like fried food like... sandwiched between other fried food. It's like Man vs. Where was it? When he goes Wigan? to like, all these shitty places and goes like... You know, it was like Wigan and it was just yeah, like probably. a deep fried sausage roll or something? It was just something like 7,000 calorie. Yeah. It was like a poor man's Peter Cave eating fried food. Check it out. Right, my takeaway, I think it is. Oh, that... Uh, can we get him to sponsor the uh, podcast this year? <laughs> I guess the uh, uh, takeaway for every episode. Mm. We just have each of us have a meal delivered. Let's uh move away from Hunter's Shield to the Wednesday news. <laughs> and Fatty, we have five more transfers to talk about this week. We, they've literally brought in an entirely new squad. It's insane, right? I can't remember a week like this. I mean, obviously, a week like this, and also a, a off season like this. Um, we said last week there was rumors of like three people uh, joining. I think one of them was Marvin Johnson, one of them was Josh Sims, and the other one was, it was George, George Byers. Byers. Yeah, yeah. And we got two out of those three, and that added three surprises at the end of it too. With um, uh, who was it? Um, Lee Gregory, Camberry, and Cobano. Are we going with Cobano? Yes, I asked Corbineau. my. Canadian friends that follow soccer to an extent, if he's any good, because he was in the, he's in, he was in Canada's Gold Cup squad, and they didn't know who he was. So he just he scored in the Gold Cup. <laughs> in the yeah, two uh, two the goals stage. in two goals in six matches at the. Yeah. Uh, senior uh, he's Canadian nineteen. Level. Uh, I guess we're starting there. Uh, Theo yeah, Corbin. Nice, yeah. He's nineteen on loan from Wolves. He's been on their under twenty threes. Um, interesting when they brought him in with with Patterson hurt and. I don't know what to make of Canberry, but I suspect that I cannot believe I'm saying this. Lee Gregory is going to be our first choice striker this year. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine, Lee Gregory. A proven goal scorer at this level. Granted, it was five, six years ago. He's now 32, but I think he can still do a job. I think he's a great signing. Uh, and a surprise one, too. I think it was, we've been linked to him for like, well, I say surprise. We've been linked to him for about a couple of years now, I think, yeah. off and on. Um, he didn't really get much going for Stoke for the last, uh, last year or so. So they loaned him out to Derby and he scored three goals there. Uh, but obviously everyone knows that shit show Derby was last season. So I don't think you can really hold that much against him for that one. But yeah, I think I think it was a Fletcher maybe that pushed him out at, at Stoke, um, ironically enough. Uh, and now he's uh, 
back at us and he's scored 117 goals in his career. Obviously, he's at the, the tail end of it now, but he's scored plenty of goals in the uh, League One before with Millwall when they got promoted from the uh, playoffs in 2016. Uh, a few more goals um, in the Championship for Millwall too. A couple of seasons, he got like 12, 13 goal season striker. Is is a, a very good signing for this level, I think, and we'll probably get a one year deal we're going for. It's kind of very low risk. The Sheffield lad, maybe a United fan. We don't know, know for sure. <laughs> I, I think he's say, a United fan. He is from Sheffield, yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, number nine. I mean, I don't think it, we're shopping in the bargain basement, remember? We're shopping in freebies and loans. You're not going to get someone that scored 117 goals at, at the peak of their career still. I mean, this is, I think, uh, a very good sign. He's got a good touch, by the way. He's, uh, he's still quite quick. Um, Good link-up play. Uh, I think it's like a classy kind of um, centre-forward to have. You can also get, Patty, if you didn't know, a, a Swiss striker <laughs> when mm. shopping in the loans and free transfer aisle. So, Evan, I know we're, we're going to ease you back in to podcast yeah. hosting. What can you tell us about Florian Camberry? <laughs> <laughs> So Florian Camberry started his career with a club, a club called Grasshopper in Switzerland. Um, and that's not a joke. That actually is true. I mean, actually, he started with Grasshopper page, too. which I am on right now. Yeah, yeah. The first club he paid for in his youth career is just called Tuggin. Tuggin, <laughs> Tuggin to Grasshopper. Yeah. Uh, and then into the, the SPL, uh, the Scottish Premier League. Um, when I saw this, it made me kind of sad kind of hit me as a realization that now our like our loanees are from swiss league teams rather than some some you know solid competition some premier league guys um so that's disappointing but you know he's he's another guy <laughs> <laughs> oh there we still going to ask Evans knowledge of Canberra now yeah I think we, yeah, not a, this is not a Swiss Super League podcast, so. I don't know what's happened. You got, you got, we've been on loan from uh, Hibernian, uh, Gallen. Rangers, uh, Hibs, Aberdeen, yeah. He did quite well at Hibs, and I think he signed with, uh, with Rangers after that. Um, yeah, he got a few goals for, for like Hibs, went to Rangers and they did nothing, basically. I don't think, um, I think Gerard brought him in and didn't really start him. So then he went out again, was in Aberdeen for a little bit, uh, not, not just didn't do anything. I've got I've got some Aberdeen, Aberdeen friends, and they just laughed when I said that we signed Canberra because they're like, oh, someone else has found this poor sucker. So I don't think he impressed his last two loan spells, but um, he's been passed around a lot. Hopefully he settles. Yeah, I, I think it's an option off the bench. He's a tall guy. Uh, apparently he's also I mean, known he for uh, from 2018 to 2020 was Hibernian uh, between his loan spell and his move there. 20 goals in 67 games. It's not quite a Stevie May ratio, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's where we are. I do want to talk about, uh, we've, we've talked about the strikers. Uh, George Byers, I think, is an absolute great get on a free. Uh, it sounds like there's a, a sell-on clause as well, which fine. I mean, we never sell players, so I don't think it's going to come into play. <laughs> uh, but this is a, I, I've always, I've always liked him. I've always thought he's a, a very... Like he's not super flashy. I was always a very solid championship player when I've seen him. He's, I think he fits well the way they want to play. You know, Swansea have a very sort of attack-minded style as well. So, 
I think it's one of the better moves of the of the transfer window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, George I'm, is going to be I'm a... confused. Sorry. Why are you confused, Patty? Sorry, I've been going. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, I think George will be a good, steady presence in the midfield. I think he's more of a connector than a creator or a scorer. But, um, you know, four goals for Swans in just a couple matches last uh, 56 appearances. So he's not a goal scorer, but you need you need solid, steady guys. I think that's what they're expecting in Lee Gregory as well, right? Old guy's been around. He just he's a steady presence, and I think that's a big deal for our club right now. Yeah, I do wonder if this is Barry Bannon insurance to an extent. Although Bannon has been very forthright in the press that he plans to be here for the long haul, or at least for the season, he'll be here through this transfer window and. There hasn't really been a ton of rumors, and I don't know how much money they're going to recoup from at this point. We talked about this a little bit last week, Patty, the sort of the idea that there should be championship teams in for him. But I think we've seen uh, both with the quality of player that Wednesday has been able to get in, but also sort of the general lack of movement in the window, really up and down the football league. For and they're starting to see maybe you know Jack Relish went for a hundred million today or whatever, but. I think teams aren't really wanting to put in big transfer numbers or really even significant transfer numbers given the, the financial instability the last couple of years due to the pandemic. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that the benefit of that almost in the transfer window too. Right? We're getting a lot of uh, freebies. So like Marvin Johnson was a, a free agent. George Byers seems to be some cost-cutting exercise that Swansea were going through. Uh, the there's not a lot of uh, people paying money for players right now. Um, and people are letting kind of like, like fringe players go into the free market. Uh, so I, I think we've benefited from that. I'm absolutely astounded uh, that we've got 11 players through the door before the first league game. I think that's, I mean, usually we leave everything until the last minute. Clearly we had a plan. Clearly we had a long list of players. Uh, and it feels like we've got everyone we wanted to. Um, like <laughs> Do we have too many players now? <laughs> Josh Simmons was the only one that's been linked to us that we haven't signed yet, so maybe he's signed still, I'm not sure. So uh, I put this question in the agenda. I don't I don't know if they're done. I, I think they're, they could be. Uh, maybe you need a little bit more fullback depth at this point, but uh, the question is just simply this, and I'll start with you, Evan. How the fuck do they line up? Like, What's the actual first choice 11 here? So I couldn't even begin to tell you, but I will say that I, the fact that we've brought in so many new faces makes the season a little more exciting than it was before. I, I just think it's a fresh, it's a fresh start. Normally, when you say like new era, that means you know a better era, and and hopefully that's what that this means. But you don't usually hear new era in the sense of hey, we just got relegated, so we're excited for a new era. Um, but seeing new faces out there, maybe a new direction in the club, hopefully some stability with Darren Moore. Um, you know, I, I don't really care how we line up, but it's it's exciting just to know that uh, come the weekend, I'm probably not going to recognize three-fourths of our, our lineup. <laughs> Do you think that's a problem, Patty? Is it going to take some time for the squad to gel because of that? Definitely, yeah. It's going to be hard to... Uh hit the ground running, I think. And I think a lot of the um, uh, talk from the club this week has been that. It's like, give us time. We're still kind of like working through things. 
Um, Moa's been here for six months. We, we, he's got a, a style of play that wants us to go through. And obviously, we've got 11 new players to bring into that fold now as well. Um, and we've just got to be patient. And, uh, and that goes for the fans. It goes for the chairman. Um, and to be fair to Chairman uh, Chancery, he has been patient in the past uh, with, with with managers. And obviously, last season was a little bit different. But um, I think he got a little bit panicky. Um but I think he's obviously put a lot of trust in Moore. He's given him basically the the credit card uh, and told him to go and buy who he wants. Uh, this, these signings paid a limit on that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, more more signings than there is packs out signings in that eleven. I'm sure the couple are. Maybe Canberra came through one of those contacts. Not sure. I uh, I am excited that we're now able to play uh, Josh Lukai's 4-7-0 if we need to, based on the amount of midfielders he's brought in. <laughs> yeah, none of them I are Joey Pelopassi. Yeah. I think about depth in all positions. I think the only position I'm a little worried about, and that, that's left back. Um, we've got, obviously, Jaden Brown came from Huddersfield. Uh, we've got Galvin, who's the youngster, and then you've got Liam Palmer, who could possibly uh, play left back relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that's the weakest position we've got. Other than that, I think our defense and goalkeeping is one of the best uh, in the in the league. I don't think it'll get much better than that. And our midfield is kind of untested if you think about it. if we include those wingers we just got. Um, yes, they've played in the league one level, at championship level, and to a decent standard, uh, but they haven't played together. So I think that's where it's going to uh, be hanging on us this year is, is how fast that front three or front one or the wingers can really gel and. And play a good style of football. It looks like we're going for an attacking style of football, which is good. Lots of play, lots of pace, a bit of trickery, a bit of creativity. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Evan. I haven't got a clue how we're going to line up for the first game of the season. Yeah, I think mean, it's going to take some time to sort out who the who the first choice eleven is, or if there even is a first choice eleven. Again, it's a it's a crowded fixture schedule, especially with the Papa John's Trophy having like a group stage this year. Um. So being able to you know rotate the squad, especially in the midfield, and especially if he wants to play a, a sort of high tempo uh, pace and action as well. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see. I, I I just have some different players to talk about next week when we review the Charlton game. It did feel like we kind of got into a rut the last couple of years. Like, did Adam Reach have a good game? Did Adam Reach have a bad game? Is Patty going to go on a rant about Joey Pelopesi? We can't score from set pieces. We still not, might not be able to score from set pieces. Who knows? But at least we different people failing to score from set pieces. So we have that going for us. Um, one player that will not be in the squad come this weekend is Josh Windass. Uh, it's still a bit of mystery around his injury, but uh, he'll be out one to two months. That is per Josh Windass on Twitter. Uh, he doesn't seem particularly concerned. I think it's going to be a long-term thing. Um, so that's good because getting him back in. They don't really... I guess the one other place they might not have depth is sort of that second striker, number 10 type role. I assume it's going to be probably wing, at least at the beginning of the season. Um, I believe Adonarian can probably play there as well. But and Patterson's played there as well a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think Patterson's best position is a striker. Right. Um, so, yeah, he's not the most creative for Patterson. He puts a shift in. Uh, yeah, you're probably, good, probably right. I, I think that... One thing we will have this week, uh, this year, is Patty complaining about Patterson not being a good player every week still. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what his best position is? Yeah. He just puts himself about. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and when we come back, we will preview 
the first League One fixture away to Charlton. Now it's time to preview the Charlton match, and I put in the agenda just uh, agenda. Justin, take it away. Not knowing that Justin wasn't going to be on the show until five minutes before we started recording. Fortunately, I can now say, Patty, take it away. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, thanks, Justin, for doing the prep as usual. Um, so Charlton, I think, uh, is going to be a tough test uh, away uh, at the Valley. Uh, they finished last season uh, in seventh place uh, on goal difference. Um, they lost their manager, uh, Lee Bowyer, to Birmingham. Uh, and he took their leading scorer, Chuks Aneki, with him. Um, Atkins, Nigel Atkins is back, uh, an old friend of the podcast. And the Sheffield Wednesday seems to be around uh, the National League Football Leagues forever and ever. Uh, managed the Piggies, obviously. He's managed the whole city. He's managed uh, a few others. Uh, been out of the game for about a year or so, I think, though. So he's just took over in March in Charlton. Um, and Nigel Atkins, really. He likes to play decent football. Um, wants possession. Uh, likes to attack. Uh, they've actually got a familiar face in the squad. They've got Sean Clare, um, the uh, young whiz kid that we had uh, uh, let go, like we do all our whiz kids, uh, but hasn't really gone to much else, really. Um, they've got a new goalkeeper in from Portsmouth um, uh, called Craig McGillivery. McGillivery, I'm going to say. George Dobson came in from Sunderland, defensive midfielder. Uh and yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. It's the first game uh, of the season. Like I said earlier on, we're going to struggle, um, I think, to hit the ground running with so many new faces in. But uh, nothing to fear. I think there's 3,000 away fans to be taking down there for the first game, which uh, they'll enjoy their London away day. Uh, I've been to the Charlton uh, ground a few times. It's a fantastic uh, little stadium, uh, East London. Um, you walk through the uh, housing estate beforehand. It's all feels like very family-oriented. It's... Uh, very kind of uh, nice uh, walk to the stadium. It's a nice thing to be in. So uh, system-wise, they tend to play 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. Um, the, Justin's comments is that they, they need to find a few more signings, apparently. The, the fans aren't happy enough with the people who brought in so far. Uh, and I imagine they'll, they'll probably be there or thereabouts by the end of the season once they get those um, signings to the door. I did ask my friend, who's a Charlton fan, uh, who was in New York, um, and now he's in L.A., if he'd come on the podcast and do a preview for us. And his answer was, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They've obviously been through a lot of problems with ownership. I think that ownership problems yeah, are solved now, right? Like, that guy's there. It goes back like over five years at this point, I think. They had some, weren't they also like, they had some weird Belgian owner's name. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Katrine there? Katrine was. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That yeah. was, uh, uh, she was a controversial figure there as well. We should have brought Katrine on the podcast. Yeah. Katrine should have done the uh, preview. She'd be perfect. She would love to come on too and answer all of our questions about Charlton. But you know, hasn't worked there in five years. Yeah, uh, Patty, I'm introducing a new segment to this segment, a segment within a segment, or some of these new teams. We're going to a, a lot of new places this year. So my question for you about Charlton, as a American not familiar with the ins and outs of British geography, is it posh or no? Posh or no? Um, well, mm, it's a tough one, this, I think. Because I think as an 
Americans, you, you often think that uh, London's posh. Mm. I don't think Charlton's posh. No. It's quite a run-down area of East London, I believe. All right, that settles that. Evan, do you have anything to add to our Charlton preview? Uh, not really. I mean, if, if folks are interested in their, their preseason, uh, let's see, they started against Celtic, lost 2-1, uh, 3-0 win over Wellington United, 2-1 over Dartford, uh, 2-2 against Crystal Palace, lost 1-0 to, Char- to Fulham. So, and they, and they haven't played their FA Cup first, or excuse me, League Cup first round match either. They play that on, uh, on Tuesday following our match. I, I was going to ask if they drew in the League Cup, and I will tell you right now, I don't actually care. <laughs> They're focusing on the Papa John's trophy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do, what do we want for a result here, Patty? I'd be happy with a uh, uh, a score draw. Um, get, a, get a goal on the mark. Uh, get we'll out there we'll be losing. first off the sheet for one. Uh, and first on the I sheet would hope. First on the sheet, um... I'm going to give Lee Gregory right. a shout. By the way, I'm, I'm annoyed that Justin picks the new number nine as his top goal scorer. And we get <laughs> Lee did, Gregory, who scored he? 117 yeah. goals in his career. He has picked uh, Lee Gregory for 15 goals, their new striker. That's a, a little sneaky bit of business by him. We'll see how it plays out. We've all forgotten what we picked by October anyway. But Evan, right now we'll ask <laughs> you to pick a result for Wednesday at Charlton. Yeah, it's tough to say, right? We don't know what our club looks like. It doesn't know what their club looks like, or we don't know what their club looks like. But, uh, you know, man, I really don't have an opinion. So, yeah, 1-1, 0-0 sounds about right for for where my brain's at. Uh, I'd love to see us come out, though, play that attacking style, really get them on their back foot um, early on, and just just give us something to get excited about. Because if they come out – honestly – think about if we come out and we lose two three four nil four one it's just it's gonna be this is a tone setter yeah truthfully is um more than any other season we've played in in quite a while so yeah it's important to see us come out and and actually do something yeah i don't think they need to get off to an amazing start because it's gonna take time for the squad to gel and sort of figure out how to play in the in the setup that Darren Moore wants this year with all these new players. Um, I I know we said in the last segment that we don't know how the team's going to set up, but you know, realistically, I mean, I, I guess you can count Iorfa because he was on the in the squad last year, although he was injured for most of the season. They really don't like. I mean, what three, maybe four players in the starting eleven that had significant roles in this team last year. You know, Bannon, maybe Luongo, maybe Palmer, maybe Patterson if he's healthy. But you're going to see probably seven or eight you know, debutants when the when the team sheet rolls out at I guess it's the twelve thirty kickoff, so eleven thirty on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I just sort of want to see. I feel like it's going to be kind of a weird, awkward start stop starty kind of game. Um, that's I, most that's most early season matches though. Yeah, I do. I think they keep a clean sheet. Don't know if they score. I think they keep a clean sheet. No, no, I think would be fine. Prediction. I mean, it's going to be. I don't want to try to dissect that. Yeah. Next week, but I will have actually watched ninety minutes of it instead of (laughs) right, like none. Um, that brings up a good question. Does ESPN have League League One matches or? I thought this was an ESPN Plus game 
for some reason. Oh, really? Game Plus, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea why. Wow, good for us. Yeah, still, hang, <laughs> still hanging in there on American the broadcast streaming networks. Let's go. Hopefully, we'll get the commentator from the Stoke game last year. Talked about not as fun as like going to the shop with your wife on Sunday or whatever it was. <laughs> Hopefully, the game. That kind of thing hates us anyway. If he has to come to on League One games now, he's going to hate us even more. <laughs> All right, Patty. Where will the American Owls be able to watch the Charlton game? So obviously, if you're not in the Citizens Meetup, it's an ESPN Plus we just discussed. Uh, we've actually got three meetups um, scheduled, uh, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, our Portland Owls are back. Uh, they've got a new bar uh, called Gol, Gol, G-O-L, soccer bar. Uh, so go to uh, meet Mike and the gang there. I think it's, uh, well, I think they're two hours behind or three hours behind. West three. Coast, right? three hours. Yeah, so it'll be a nice 9.30 to go for them. Uh, in New York, we're back at Football Factory, um, as usual, 12th they kick off there. And then in New Orleans, they're at Vimicles and the outside TV uh, at 11.30 their time. Um, obviously, everyone being safe. Um, hopefully, you're vaccinated. Um, maths on if you're inside. That's required in New York City now for bars. I don't know if it's going to be so yet, though. Yeah, soon that will be in effect. But um, yeah, uh, obviously everyone keep safe. Um, I'm really happy meetups are back. Hopefully they can keep uh, every week uh, being there. We don't have to go back into lockdown again. Uh, so if uh, yeah, have fun, guys. It's going to be awesome. This has been episode 143 of the Alice AmeriCast. You can find us on the internet at alicemericas.com. You can email the show at alicemericas at gmail.com and find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at alicemericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday's Forever in the Makers. Our podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of AmeriCast, we ask you to rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Evan is on Twitter, at Ohio Owl. Evan, rate your last takeaway. Mm. I did not prepare you for this. I'm sorry. No, I'm trying to remember what I had. I didn't. I'll, I'll actually use my time here to uh, to let everyone know that Ohio Owl is currently locked from me. <laughs> so, about what that. did you do? Uh, no, I didn't do anything. I um, I went to log in and it said I had to change my password. And the problem is that account is under an old school email address, like university email address that I don't have access to. And so it's literally locked until I can get into that school email address. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Evan R. Skilleter right now. And once I get Ohio Isle back, I will make sure to uh, to let everyone know. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, rate your last takeaway. Well, Jeff, this is very uh, burned in my mind, my last takeaway. from last night in the pen station and i mean a regular pizza place in Penn station was closed only one place open this deli and i have had the horrendous shits all day because of this fucking panini which has clearly been out there for too long <laughs> it was horrible uh, so that's i'll give it one star i'm on twitter at jeff Paternastro, and we'll be back with more wednesday chat and hopefully less patty takeaway chat next week.